Hey all, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is Jim's Man Cave. My name is Big Jim and this is a podcast about beer, home brewing and barbecue. In this episode, I'll be discussing my top 10 beers of April that I've enjoyed immensely over numerous amounts of beers consumed during the coronavirus pandemic. I have narrowed it down to a top 10 and I will discuss that top 10 in this episode as well as previous brews and how they went because it's been a long time between podcasts and future brews that are going to be taking place. So stick around and I hope you enjoy. Before we get started, there's no way I can start this podcast in the top 10 countdown for the beers of April 2020 without cracking one of my home brews. This one is my El Dorado Pandemic Pale Ale with a sheep, a sheep load of El Dorado hops in this one. You hear that little hiss? What a fantastic hiss there. Uh, just pouring into the glass now. It's not very clear, but I don't cold crash. There's no use uh, trying to perfection. There's no use trying to perfect a nice, clean, clear beer when you're just drinking it yourself. So it doesn't bother me that it's nice and murky. It still tastes great. And anyway, let's get into that top 10. Coming in at number 10 is the Fox Hat Fat Mongrel. It's an oatmeal stout, comes in at 6.5% ABV with 70 IBUs. So this is the start of the countdown for the top 10 beers of April that I've enjoyed. So this is number 10, is from Vale Brewing slash Fox Hat. Fox Hat are a part of Vale Brewing. So it is a big, fat, rounded American style stout finished with a nitro charge. First up, thanks to a whack of black and roasted malts, you will notice Fat Mumble is as black as the night. Look more closely and you will notice fine beads of coffee-coloured nitro bubbles rising from the black abyss to settle at the surface, forming a deliciously rich, creamy head. On the aroma, you'll get the pungent complex hop aroma. This will hit you between the eyes on first sniff. Piney, resinous, American hop notes fade way too reveal its rich roasty chocolate malt body. On your palate, you're gonna find that the fat mongrel, assertive hot flavor and 70 IBUs of bitterness will have you gagging for more. The gentle alcohol warmth at 6.5% and sweet fat chocolate and roast malt flavors will leave you well satisfied and content. What a cracking beer this one was. If you see it about Fox Hat, Fat Mongrel, they do have another version, which is a beefier version, a full mongrel. The full mongrel is around about 10%, but in my opinion, the Fat Mongrel is much more enjoyable at 6.5%. See it around, pick up that four pack. If you love your stouts, if you love your nitro, if you like your Guinness and you want some more flavor, then this Fox Hat Fat Mongrel is gonna do the thing you want it to do and make it enjoyable for you. 
Next in the countdown for the top 10 beers from April is number nine. It's called The Clash and it comes from Hot Nation Brewing Co. It's a Russian Imperial Stout that comes in at 9.8%. Big beer this one. The 2019 Kalash was aged in a seasoned bourbon barrel for four months before blending a subtle oak and bourbon character. Integrates with dark chocolate, tart and spice. This rich brooding beast will take you to the dark side. This beer had lots of bourbon, but the only thing that left it at number nine for me was it was a little bit too thin for my liking. I like my Russian Imperial Stouts to be a nice and thick and chewy and creamy texture. And this one just didn't do it for me, but it did enough to make the top 10 for April. Number eight now in the top 10 beers for April is a counterculture aka stone and wood so you may know stone and wood from the pacific ale the big australian number one gabs 100 winner so counterculture is a side project for stone and wood this one for number eight is a hazy dipper so dipper meaning a double ipa 7.6 percent First, there was the original Pacific Ale, which is the Stone and Wood Pacific Ale, the number one for Gaps 100 for 2019. Then the prequel Hazy IPA. And now we're shifting into the third gear, a Hazy Dipper, a double India Pale Ale brewed with the freshest galaxy hops from Tasmania, pale malts and New England ale yeast, showcasing revved up tropical flavors with a dominant 72 IBU finish. Now, counterculture. If you look up counterculture online, on the internet, you'll find they have a counterculture club. You can join the club. And in this club, you can purchase a membership where they will send you a couple of their beers they're limited and i tried to jump on board because this particular number eight beer was around 25 dollars to join for the membership and you could get on you'd get a couple of beers sent to you you'd get a hat you'd get this and you get discounts and the invites to other things throughout the whole year but the membership at this point of time is closed but if you go to that website go to counterculture go on go say you want to join the membership and you put in your email address and as soon as it's up and running again you can get into it and i recommend to do that so you do not miss out on any of these counterculture releases there was a bit of rumor around this beer with some people thinking it is a hype beer but it is just decent if you like hazy ipas if you like big beers this one's just satisfying it just works it's smashable it's juicy it's it's what you want in a hazy that's why it's made the top 10 for jim's man cave it's made the top 10 in the facebook group mid coast beer culture which is a side project from jim's man cave so if you haven't already if you haven't seen it it's an easy canvas spot if you're in australia it's a 440 mil tin counterculture at the top 
white background, black white whiting, and green label with a big number three on the label. You cannot miss it. Alright, before we crack into number seven, I have an empty glass. And what's the phobia? There's a phobia called for an empty glass. I've got that phobia right now. So I'm pulling out another one of these pandemic El Dorado pails. Got that good hiss there. Alrighty, let's pour this in the glass here. Wow, this one's frothing up the glass a little bit. Yeah, take your time there, Jim. Slow and steady. Alrighty. So for number seven, I've got from USA Rogue Brewings Newport Knights. This beer comes in at 9.8% with 60 IBUs in a West Coast style IPA. An Imperial West Coast IPA brewed with El Dorado hops. Just like my pandemic ale right here. There's nothing quite like a night out in the Newport from the craft beer and the freshest seafood to the bonfires on the beach. This one's dedicated to Newport and unforgettable nights having fun on the 101. The beer opens with aromas of mango, papaya and tangerine followed by an atom bomb of pine and grapefruit notes that ultimately settle into a surprisingly smooth finish. Now I'm glad Rogue have come back into Australia. They disappeared there for a little while. Now they're back and their tins are back. And this is by far the best Rogue beer that I've tried. And I always pick up and I always try Rogue beers. I try a few of them in the cans. This is the best one by far that I've come across to date. So it's made the, the top 10 at number seven. The can art looks pretty cool. It's kind of Miami Vice-like, if you know, if you've ever seen Miami Vice back in the early 80s, I think it was around. The can's just, you know, bright pink, bright blue, black background. Just get on it, El Dorado hops. Can't go wrong with that. Well, we're flying through this top 10 countdown. We're at number six already. Where's the time gone here? Top 10 for the month of April, and at number 6 is Stockade Brewing Co. 2019 version of Old Money. 13 pipe. Let me rephrase that. 13.5% barrel aged Imperial Stout. Wow. Now, this thing is 13.5% in a 330ml tan. Wow. Man, this thing was boozy. Aged in whiskey barrel, this massive beer has a thick velvety chocolate tones coupled with rich raisin and currant notes. While we get into our number five beer from the top 10 countdown, just going to rephrase over the last five beers that were just announced. A couple of little bloopers in there. Did you catch them? One of them was 
I was mentioning in the counterculture can about writing, and I actually pronounced it as whiting the fish. Did you get that? <laughs> ah, playing that back, that was hilarious. And there was another one where I mixed up on the last beer, on the sixth beer, the stockade old money beer. I had these thoughts in my head of tin and can, and I pronounced it as tan. I hope you all like that. But anyway, coming in at number five is Garage Projects Turbo Fuzz, a 10% New England Triple IPA. So a New England Triple India Pale Ale. It's called a Neetipper. Anyway, it goes along and says, your fuzz box just got an upgrade. Turbo Fuzz, Triple Hazy IPA, amplified and distorted in an even bigger wall of haze and hot feedback. Galaxy, Nelson, man, I love Nelson, and Mosaic Riffs punch through a warm fuzz of juicy malt and tropical fruit nose. Plug it in and play it loud. It's fuzzy, ugly, dialed all the way up to 11. Now, in long play, 440 mil cans. Brewed in collaboration with Sydney's rock god pizza tosses Frankie's. Play it loud. Alright, so uh, at this point in time, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to the Mid Coast Beer Culture Facebook group. It's all about craft beer. Don't forget to invite your beer loving friends to join the group over there. Cheers all, and let's continue on with the countdown. At number four, one of the big players so far this year for me in best beers, it's got to go to Deed Brewing Co. So closing in on the top three, the top ten countdown for April, this is number four, Deed's Brewing Keyboard Warrior. Comes in at 10%. It's another hazy triple India pale ale. I love my big beers. Most of them here have been all big and boozy in the top 10. That's what I like. Deed's dropping quality beers and are up there, in my opinion, with Dayton's Brewing Co. this year. Both producing chop. There I go again, making mistakes, but it's light here. It's uncut. Let's repeat that. They're, in my opinion, with Dayton's this year, both producing top shelf beers. All right, let's move on. We've got, it says about this Keyboard Warriors beer, the blurb we have from the brewery says we all know them, big typers with big opinions. This beer is dedicated to all of you Keyboard Warriors out there. A byproduct of social media that's really just a revamp of a vocation as old as time itself. Now, reality marked now by the echoing sounds of keys being struck at a frantic pace. It's our hope that this tasty beverage can keep you going long into the night. Please feel free to share how you really feel. Well, Deeds, the beer is bloody delicious. But I don't think this beer is going to keep me going throughout the night because of that big 10% ABV. I reckon two of these and it's not night time.
Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm having fun with this. And we're now into the best bit. It's the top three for April 2020. These are all beers that I've consumed personally. This is my own personal opinion. And they're all crackers, all big beers, and my liver's screaming, please, no more. Anyway, we're going to the top 10 brews from April. Number three is Founders KBS 2019 version. So after enjoying the last couple of years of the KBS barrel aged beers, I'd say 2017 KBS is... That's, that's my favorite out of luck, but this is the 2019 that's made the number three spot. It's a 12.2% 70 IBU beer. What we've got here is an imperial stout brewed with a massive amount of coffee and chocolates, then cave aged in oak bourbon barrels for an entire year to make sure wonderful bourbon undertones come through in the finish, makes your taste buds squeal with delight. Now, who wouldn't, as a home brewer, want a cave, for starters, and bourbon barrels to go with that, to put all our home brewing experiments in these bourbon barrels? I know I'd do it. I'd do it with my Imperial Cherry Stout. I'd drop that into a bourbon barrel, a rum barrel, leave that for six months, 12 months, the reason I say six months is because I'm really struggling to hold on to this Imperial Cherry, homebrewed Imperial Cherry Stout. I'm struggling to hold on to it for 12 months. It's just past the six month age. It's still going, but who wouldn't want a cave with bourbon barrels? That's just awesome. And that's what founders have. And that's why they produce these KBS every single year. And it's a cracker. If you see it, pay the price. It's well worth it. You'll sit on it for a good hour or two. All right, down to the nitty gritty, the top two. And in number two in the top 10 brews for April 2020, we have Deeds Brewing again, making the top five twice so far it's a double new england ipa this time coming in at eight percent so the double has beaten out the triple in my opinion it's peachy it's mango although i'm not a fan of mango the flavors blend well for me bitterness bite aroma makes you just want to dive in it's thick it's juicy we wanted to start our series of the 2020 double ipas off with a bang Let's just say the recipe jam session quickly turned into a pylon. One hot, then two, then three, and finally settling on four. But what else? Fruit. Our first fruited double New England IPA. Perfect. Should we do mango or pineapple? Backwards and forth. Back and forth, back and forth. We couldn't decide and ultimately made the decision for us. We went with both. So here it is, heavy hopped, heavily fruited, pretty much heavy on the all fronts for a liquid fruit salad, low hanging fruit in Deeds. So that's what the number two is. It's Deeds Brewing, low hanging fruit. And that little section there was the brewery blurb. So low hanging fruit, 
It just rings in my mind all the time. When I think of deeds, I'm thinking of low-hanging fruit, and that's why it's my number two beer in the top 10 for April. All right, that's number two out the road. We're down to number one in the April top 10 beers for Jim's Man Cave. It comes from the brewery. That's B-R-U-E-R-Y. It's the Cherry Pie. It's a 10.2% pastry stout aged in bourbon barrels. This will be one tough beer to beat this year for me. For Jim's Man Cave, this could possibly be be in the top at the end of 2020 i went back for a second slice as well it's got cinnamon it's cherry slice it's bourbon it's thick and it's chewy and the place i brought it from they only have one can left and if it's there in 14 days i'm picking that one up as well going in for a third slice yes i am greedy but anyway it says slice into this bold barrel aged imperial stout and experience the nostalgia inducing aroma of a warm cherry pie full bodied and smacking of freshly picked tart cherries rich artesian vanilla cinnamon and hints of brown sugar this bakery is open for business so by the bakery they mean the brewery they have a bakery range with cherry pie with coconut macaroon with banana bread and a couple of others all cracking beers that i've heard but the only one i've tried so far is the cherry pie and that's the number one for top 10 for april So that top 10 was full of bourbon barrel-aged beers, triple IPAs, double hazies, all the best big booziness that could fit into one month. Now it's time to crack open another pandemic El Dorado Pale and get into some homebrew talk. So one of my favorite home brews that I've been enjoying over the last two months is my Blackberry Brown. The Blackberry Brown is a brown ale. It came in at 3.9% with 30 IVUs, and I only used Eldorado hops in this brew. I used Eldorado at the 60 minute bittering edition, and I used some Eldorado at 10 minutes. The Blackberry comes into this at the end of the boil at the flame out edition. It just created this nice tartness on the back of the palate and the beer. The grain bill on this one, it was marisotto, chocolate malt, flaked oats, medium crystal, and roasted barley. If you want the numbers, then you can contact me, send me a message, I'll give you the percentages of the grain bill. I'll give you this recipe and I'll happily share it. I'll share this recipe if you want it. Come over and join World Home Brew Club on Facebook and I'll share this recipe with you. It's one of the best recipes I did from brew day to bottle and now it's gone within two months. I just smashed those beers down. They're only 4%. They were good. They were delicious. It's just a tasty, tasty beer. Definitely something I'm going to brew again. And it was a brew that went wrong. This was a brew that was meant to come out at 6.5%. It initially went wrong as 
I was just 10 minutes into my mashing. And during that time, the overflow pipe had come loose. So I would have to lift the grain out to tighten all that up before it got any worse. And by doing that, I lost a lot of liquid. Would have lost a lot of sugar in that initial part of the mash. And therefore, this beer dropped out to 3.9 and become the best beer that I've brewed this year to date. So you want to know what uh, the Pandemic Pale is all about. So the Pandemic Pale is essentially a 4.6 golden ale style beer. It's only 44 IBUs, but it's heavy hopped with El Dorado. 260 grams of El Dorado used in this brew. And then on top of that, we've added 50 grams of Simcoe in a dry hop. So 125 grams of El Dorado on a, in a dry hop and 50 grams of Simcoe in a dry hop. The grain bill on this one that I'm consuming right now, I'm on my third one during this podcast. It may seem pretty quick for the amount of time that the podcast is, but essentially this podcast has been going back and forth and fixing things up and editing and it's been going for a good hour and a half and I'm on my third. It's going down so well. So the grain bill is Marisota, Vienna malt and wheat malt. That's all the grain bill in this one. But the thing is with this one, I've used a farmhouse version of Kvake. It fermented out within days and it was bottled within a week. like to get into now into what is brewing right now recently I've just bottled up my pimp juice which is a hazy New England style IPA it has 42 IBUs in this one and it is a round 6 to 6.2 percent ABV so nice sessionable hazy New England IPA by my standards anyway and by the way that the top 10 has gone it's it's a sessionable beer at 6% now this one I went through the whole boil without any hops whatsoever but where all the hops are was in the hop stand so 160 grams of hops in a hop stand at the end of the boil in this one there's been 400 grams of hops used all up. And in bottling, the hydrometer sample tasted juicy. It was dank and obviously flat. It's not carved, but it had that hazy juice look. And this is the first attempt at this brew and so far so good. I can't try this one for another three to four weeks. So I'm going to let it sit that long and Another thing is, I like to use glass bottles when I brew, but with this one, because I'm trying to avoid as much oxygen as I can, I've used the Cooper's PET bottles, and when I've gone to bottle this brew, I've squeezed these PET bottles to squeeze some air out before capping. And after a couple of days, and you check those bottles, they come back out of the shape, so they're 
essentially back out the shape now, but all that headspace should not be any oxygen there. It'll just be the carbonation just drifting back down into that brew. So let's go into the grain bill for this one. I've used Pilsner malt in this one. I've used flaked oats and I've used wheat malt. And again, if you want this recipe, you have to come over to World Home Brew Club to get these. Come over to World Home Brew Club and ask for Jim from Jim's Man Cave. And then we'll be able to get these recipes to you guys. That's the way we do this. We want to shout out those groups that support us back. We've had so much support from the World Home Brew Club and the admin team that are in that group and the members that are in that group. They support immensely, so let's support them back. So come over and check out the World Home Brew Club. And if you want craft beer, then you got to go to Mid Coast Beer Culture on Facebook group. Select to join the group and someone will let you in. They'll accept that invite. It's come to the point of the show where I have to end the podcast. If you've hung around this long, I appreciate you listening. If you could, please leave a review because that helps the podcast it helps spread the word of craft beer it helps spread the home brewing help and tips and in the next episode i have a good glass cleaning tip to keep your beer glasses nice and clean bubble free when you pour those beers into the glass it's quick it's easy it only takes 60 seconds or less to just clean that glass up and you'll have no bubbles clinging to the side. That'll be in the next episode, along with the best six beers of the week that I've enjoyed. And this episode's now, they'll drop weekly. We're looking at dropping on a Monday, Tuesday, weekly. We'll see how we go weekly, fortnightly. But anyway, I hope you all stick around. Hit the notification bell. Subscribe if you can. Come on over to Midcoast Beer Culture. Join the club there. I am also on YouTube under Jim's Man Cave Home Brewing and Beer Reviews. If you could come over there, subscribe, like, share videos there. Have some fun. Just take what I say with a grain of salt on those videos. They're just my own opinions. I take the piss out of breweries. I don't care. Just straight shoot here. I enjoy your company. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening to me. Head on over as well and check out the World Home Brew Club. If home brewing is your thing, if barbecuing is your thing, if jerk is your thing, World Home Brew Club, that's where you want to be for that one. Midcoast Beer Culture is where you want to be for your craft beer. And if you want the YouTube reviews and you like beer reviews and barbecue and you want to watch the videos, then you can get them on Jim's Man Cave, Home Brewing and Beer Reviews on youtube subscribe like share peace love y'all and stay tuned for next week's episode